Good morning. Extend uh, greetings to you again today. Uh, the word unrest was mentioned uh, during prayer requests, and that can happen here behind the pulpit. So, uh, appreciate your prayers. So, let's start off with our homework. How many have read the book of Ephesians since last evening? Okay, I know the deadline isn't until this evening, but okay, we had we had some that were able to read uh, Philippians. I said Ephesians, didn't I? No, Philippians. We're in the Philippians today. And uh, somebody texted my wife that wasn't able to be here, and he said they're going to be reading the book of Philippians. So, and. and I want us to think about Bible study a bit. It's a blessing. Did you know each Bible in the book has unique characteristics in itself? And when we study the Scripture, it blesses us. One time, let's see, back in 2010, I was assigned a Bible conference slash revival meeting in South Carolina from... Thursday through Sunday, and I was assigned the book of Titus, and at that point, I hadn't really dug into Titus, particularly and studied it, but ever since then, when I'm in the book of Titus, or think about the book of Titus, or somebody refers to the book of Titus, it's just special to me. And I hope this weekend the book of Philippians can maybe become that to you. This is kind of a jump start. And you're going to find a lot of truths in the book of Philippians that maybe you never knew there was before in Golden Nuggets. Let me tell you one thing that I appreciate in my study in the book of Titus. Turn to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. Now, when you're dealing with uh, people that aren't as familiar with the Bible or people that you're trying to reach out to or people that have a limited Bible knowledge, and you might use this phrase, well, the gospel or the plan of salvation, who are you going to turn to that's going to have a concise, a few scriptures that gives that entire project. And I have been told by commentators and in my reading that right here it is. Just in a few verses, you can give it to those people. It's in Titus 3, verse 3 to verse 7. Notice what it says in verse 3. It describes man before they're saved. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts, pleasures, living in malice, envy, hateful, hating one another. In one verse, you've got it pretty well covered how we are before we're saved. But then in verse 4, it says, But after that the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared. And and you can think about, well, that's referring to Galatians. When the fullness of time was come, you know, Jesus came to earth. 
Then verse 5 clearly demonstrates it's not by our works. It says that not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and by the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. And then following that, this is our current state, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. There you have it. And that was a nugget that I, that I gained when I studied the book of Titus in 2010. And I'm passing that on to you, that if you want to present the gospel to somebody in a nutshell and the reason for it, and the hope that we have to look forward to, there you have it, just in a few verses. Now back to our topic this morning from Philippians uh, chapter 3. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 3, as already has been mentioned, is the prize. And so I press toward the mark of the high... It, let me back up. Philippians 3.14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That, that is our verse for the, this morning. So we're, we're talking about this word prize. And you know, children get excited about the prize. And then throughout, I mean adults even do that. Did you know when we was on our tour... This summer in the Alps, there were people on them. We saw people, I'm not sure how many, and they said they were practicing for Tour de France. See? It's a bicycle race because they will get a prize if they won. And so there's excitement in all the levels of humanity if they're focusing on a prize. So, first of all, we want to find out what the prize is. What are the rules? Uh, we, we Probably, first off, we hear what the prize is. Okay, then what are the rules? And what can we do or not do to be eligible to win? But the big decision is, is the prize worth the effort? Is it? Is the prize worth the effort? Is it worth the sacrifice? Is it worth the discipline that we need to qualify? That's a question that's addressed in in any level of prize that you're trying to win. But spiritually in our day, as we're thinking about this morning, okay, effort, sacrifice, discipline, read about hell if you want to know whether it's worth it. Read what the Bible says about hell. Then you'll have the proper conclusion, is it worth it? Is it worth the effort? Is it worth the sacrifice as Paul talks about it? And he says, here in this chapter, I'm going after the prize. And he lays out some stipulations that need to be followed. And one of the foundational stipulations is to have no confidence in the flesh. And he lays out beautiful uh, things that he could have confidence in, in his status as, as a Jew and following the law. 
and that from a natural standpoint, you know, he could he could really feel good about that. And as he did, he says he counted them for loss. Also, as we're going after the prize, let's don't be discouraged by the mistakes of the past or be confident in the successes that we have had. Either one can get us off the journey toward the prize. That we move on each day pressing toward the mark through Jesus Christ. And this includes, and as we look forward to the prize, it includes being in His presence, and that is different than His presence in us. Did you ever think about that? Being in His presence is different than His presence in us. And that's part of the prize. And we will have perfect bodies. We'll have the crown of life and the joys of heaven. So let's read Philippians 3 now. And think about the prize. Think about the efforts. And think about, yeah, just just think about the prize that he lists here. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord for to write the same thing to you, to me indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision, for we are of the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Jesus Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. If any other man thinketh he thereof hath, he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things are gained to me, I have counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ." And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness which is in the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might obtain unto the resurrection of the dead. Though... Not as though I already attained, either were already perfect. But I follow after that, that I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to the things which are before. And here's our text verse. I press toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, that if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto you have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Brethren, 
Be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall change our vile body that we may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the walking whereof he is able even to subdue all things unto himself? So as this chapter starts out, he has a warning. He says, beware. In verse 2. Beware of those people who... Uh, are evil workers or they try to give you comfort that's not of God's word and as you read in the Old Testament you find that this is not a new thing that there were prophets that would rise up and prophesy good things in the name of God but, but but they were evil they were not sent from God and we can have those in our day and he said, beware of the concision, beware of the legalizers attempting to force Christians to keep the law. And that application could apply in our day, maybe in other things. So he says, "Have verse 3, have no confidence in the flesh. And that's something I think that we need to deal with continually as we press toward the prize. Uh, You know, we cannot trust in our own strength, even though we are tempted to at times through our old nature. And if anyone could have confidence in the flesh, he said he could. And you know, he lists a number of things there, which at one point, before he came to know Jesus, I'm sure he was a proud of. And he, he, he guarded that, those, that reputation. And he, he said he was blameless. He kept the law to the point that he was blameless. But he says, I don't, he says, I count that as dumb. He says, I count it as garbage, trash. Or loss. You know, we might feel that our, you know, we have a good family heritage, or we have a good track record, we have a good family tree, but that that has nothing to do with winning the prize as we're looking at this morning. And we need to. Verse 7, here he says, But the things that were gained to me, and that's things that are gained, that we feel gained in the flesh, is, is no advantage. We must come to that point. He talks about, uh, in verse 8, sanctification 
is not necessarily a great emotional experience, but it's a daily dependent upon God pressing toward the prize. And I think he gives some foundational principles. Like uh, verse 9, he says, And not having my own righteousness in the law or in the flesh, as he used to practice in the past, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is by God by faith. And of course, as it says in Hebrews, it's impossible to please God unless you have faith. And our faith, of course, one way our faith is strengthened, one way our faith is built, is being in the Word of God, reading the Word of God. There are a lot of things that are... are um, the devil uses to... Uh, distract us from our prize, our journey on the, to, to win the prize. And they can be innocent things. They can be in, insignificant things. Uh, I hear people say, you know, I enjoy reading a good book. What is that? What is a good book? You know, it could be an educational book. It could be a, a book about somebody's historic journey, somebody's journey to, uh, for a cause of, that they feel is important to them. But if we get involved up in, in too much reading of that instead of God's word, then that's detracting us from the prize. And uh, some years ago, and I told you this before, I think that when the daily news record would come, I wanted to read the comics, okay? Well, God spoke to me about that, because see, that was, that was not necessarily a good, healthy uh, drive, so to speak. I'm not saying it hindered from reading God's Word, but it was just the fluffy filler that, that, that was empty. So I cut back, and I only read three after that and I thought that was really good only read three and one day when I was preparing a message God spoke to me and this was the question why do you still need to read those three every day and I didn't have a good answer so I quit and I do not read the comics on a daily basis anymore because, see, that was detracting from the prize. And you can fill in the blanks what you, in areas like that that may be kind of sidetracking you just a little bit. And if we don't deal with those little things, they, they become bigger. <clears throat> and you see, verse 12 well, verse 11 says, By all means that I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. He said, all means. Did you catch that? That he's pulling out all the stops to let nothing distract him from the prize 
that he will be among that group that will be raised from the dead and meet Jesus in the air. And he recognizes in verse 12 that he's not perfect. But he, it's not like he's already attained, he's already done. He can put it on automatic pilot, but he's, he's still oh, working for that. Uh, turn to Second Peter 3.18. Second Peter, Second Peter 3.18 says, For Christ has once suffered... The just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. So we are quickened by his Spirit. And that, I believe I'm in the wrong chapter. It's it's Second Peter, I'm sorry, Second Peter 3.18. This is the verse I really wanted. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Grow in the grace of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of those ways is to read His Word each day and so on. And to get things out of our life that hinders us uh, toward the prize. And as he says in verse 13, forgetting those things which are behind. Don't let the past mistakes handicap us from the future or allow the positive things of the past to have merit for the present. And we can be tempted to do that. You know, I taught Sunday school, we could say, for 10 years. Does that have merit for me winning the prize? It can if you use the principles that you taught in the past 10 years in your own personal life to be purified and rooted and grounded in the Word, yes, that will help you to the prize. But if you use that 10 years of teaching Sunday school as religious merit, you'll be just like the Apostle Paul, putting confidence in the flesh. And in verse 14, he says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. That's our verse. And he doesn't want to be ashamed when he comes into his presence. I think I've told you before that a number of years ago I was reading a newsletter uh, from Fresh Start. And there was a Sam Groff there that he went to Fresh Start as house parents. And and I talked to someone recently that knew him, and he's passed away. And he said that he knew him as a good, conscientious Christian before he went to Fresh Start. But Sam's own testimony was that when he went to Fresh Start, Fresh Start required all their staff to read four chapters a day in the Bible. And he said that he started reading four chapters a day. And he said the Word of God came to life. And he said he enjoyed his Christian experience more. He he said, I didn't realize I was a bench warmer. And after he started reading four chapters a day, he really come on board in pressing 
toward the prize. And, and he said that in the newsletter. He sa- and he goes on to say, Let us therefore as many be perfect be thus minded, and if anything be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this unto you. And God can reveal unto us. And let's be spiritually mature in the, in the uh, convictions that we hold. And if there's something different, then God will make it clear unto you. I read this quote, Knowing the will of God comes through a day-by-day walk with Him and the willingness to be led by Him. See, not just Sunday-by-Sunday walk, it's a day-by-day walk. And the willingness to be led by Him for the prize. And like I mentioned last evening, the, the lady that had the testimony when I was talking about we get so busy, we get so run down and, and behind and we've got so many things to do and we're constantly behind and we're overloaded. But she said, there's enough time in each day to do God's will. Let's remember that. There is enough time in each day to do God's will. And if there isn't, you need to make a change. If there isn't enough time in your day to do God's will, then you better stop. Because you're not going to win the prize. I'm sorry, but you are not if you can't do God's will each day. And, okay, let's just, I want to make a few analysis here, or a few uh, on, on winning the prize, the importance of the prize, and about things hindering us. He, he's, he talks about minding earthly things in verse 19. And he's pointing out that if a person, he said, whose end is destruction, in first part of 19, he said, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things. And so earthly things will distract us from winning the prize. Earthly things are not wrong in in and of themselves if they keep their rightful place. Okay? So I used to drive ambulance on the weekend for a year. And I want to... And so... I, I want to make a few comparisons to that as winning the prize. I, as an ambulance driver, had a responsibility. And when I got a call, the prize was to get that patient, to get them help, to get them to healing and restoration. Right? That was the prize. So, do you think I would stop... And maybe take a nap if I was sleepy? No. How about if I was hungry? Would I I stop and get a sandwich? Absolutely not. You see, he says here, mind earthly things. So we could talk about monies, we could talk about farms, houses, family, husbands, wives, cars, trucks, tractors, airplanes, girlfriends, Boyfriends, cell phones, computers, the internet, they all have their place. But if they interfere with the prize, 
then you're not going to win the prize. So back to ambulance driving. There was a phone in my room, and the switchboard would call me if I had a call. Or when the switchboard closed, then a police officer would call me, generally. And the nurse's station was upstairs, and if I didn't answer the phone, there was a bell slash buzzer in the ceiling I would refer to like waking the dead if you didn't answer the phone. Okay? You had to be ready to go after the prize. Well, what, what if you would need fuel? Well, see, that wasn't an issue. See, when you got back from your last run, you needed to fuel up. See, that's what we need to do every day. We need to fuel up with God's Word. Because you didn't know what your next run was going to be. And so you always fueled up when you got back. Always. It doesn't matter how far you went. You always fueled up. And that was, I could say, well, that's a bother. And it was a bother. Because this ambulance, we were stationed at the hospital, but this ambulance service was owned and operated by the county government. And so you had to go out to the same fuel tank that the sheriff department filled their cars from. And so at 2 in the morning, I had to call the sheriff to tell him that I wanted fuel, and he would meet me out there in his pajamas sometimes to open up the fuel tank so I could fuel. Well, later on it got solved that we had our own key that we could fuel up. But, see, you couldn't use that as an excuse to not fuel up. Okay, what about the stretcher? When the driver's responsibility was when you get back, you change sheets on the stretcher right now. It doesn't matter if it's 2 in the morning. It doesn't matter if you're tired. That's when you do it. And I'm just telling you, there's a lot of things here. Are we going after the prize or are we letting earthly things get in the way? There, there are things like you were required. To take the ambulance with you wherever you went when you was on duty. If I wanted a hamburger down at the local hamburger joint, I had to take it with me. And do you know what the community did? There's a long line of people there waiting to get their hamburgers. But they would usher us up to the front of the line because they knew who we were, they knew what our purpose was, and they didn't want us to be hindered. And I like that analogy. Do people know what our purpose is? Do people know that we're headed for the prize? Do they know that we're not going to be distracted from our heavenly calling? And when you get, see, when you get that call, that patient and their welfare is number one, and you don't let all this other like eating, fueling, and all that stuff, it has its rightful place. But you take care of that at other times. And I believe that's what Paul is telling us in Mining Earthly Things. Turn to Psalm uh, 101.
Psalm 101. It's a familiar psalm, and you're familiar with these verses, but in connection with pressing toward the mark and the prize of our heavenly calling, the psalmist David writes here in verse 2, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way, and when thou art come unto me, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes, and I hate the work of them that turn aside. So remember those three things as we're pressing toward the, the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, eternal life, heaven, however you want to word the prize. I, you know, we could commit to these three things. I will behave myself wisely. And I think it's interesting. He says, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. And you know, within my house, I think applies that, you know, we're by, we could be by ourselves. But when I'm by myself, will I still have a perfect heart? Even no one knows what I'm doing. I'll be blameless. And then in the third one, of course, just really hits us in our day. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. If we set something wicked before our eyes, we're definitely not headed toward the prize. It's just as simple as that. And so that's why we have the Word of God to help us on our journey for the prize. And that's why that when we, in the Amlet's work, we did all this preparation besides the time that we got to call. You know, we even discussed things like, what do you do when you have, if you would have a flat tower? Flat tower. When you was on an emergency run. What would you do? Well, we came to the conclusion the best thing was to do was to call a backup ambulance, not try to solve the problem yourself. And so, you know, verse 20, back to Philippians 3. See what verse 20 says? Our conversation or our citizenship is in heaven. And in the church of Jesus Christ, like we're here this morning, we could be like a colony on earth. And we're looking for the sudden return of Jesus our Savior. And it says he's going to change our vile body and to be fashioned like his glorious body, according to the working thereof, he is able to subdue all things unto himself. And, you know, in, in, in 1 Thessalonians, it says the Lord himself is going to come. And, he's going to meet, and we're going to meet the Lord in the air and to ever be with him. And comfort one another with these words. That's the prize. And let's don't let earthly things 
uh, sidetrack us from that. God's blessing to you.